This is the Getsy Health Podcast with Janique and Tristan Roney. Hey, you guys. Welcome back to the Gutsy Health Podcast. Welcome to the show. We we have a really exciting lineup for you. Um, it, we have Cecilia Selmason on the show today, and she has been in high demand for a while. It's just really hard to get our schedules together, which is weird because Cecilia Selmason is actually my mother. So And our business partner. And so our business we partner. see her every day. And, right, exactly. So do I call you Cecilia or mom? No, Cecilia. Like, so. <laughs> Welcome, Cecilia. Tell us a little bit about yourself and um, how you got into essential oils. Did I mention we're talking about essential oils today? Uh, nope, you didn't. No, we didn't. But we are. We are. We are talking about essential oils. Cecilia has come on to Instagram and we've done a couple lives with her and then just people just fall head over heels for her because she has this darling accent. <laughs> so we were like, hey, let's record this for everyone to hear and for it to never leave the internet. So. But it's not just about her accent, believe it or not. She, um, <laughs> well, she's really smart. <laughs> she has 30 years of experience in the natural health world mm-hmm. and she has been doing essential oils since before most of you were born. She's She's like the OG with essential oils, like before it was cool, before anyone knew what it was. Here's the thing. Everyone knows an essential oils person, right? Because there's the MLM companies that are, they're all over the place. And so everybody knows this, this essential oils person who says, oh, there's an oil for that. There's an oil for that. Mm -hmm. They're probably doing it wrong. I'll just put that right out there now. And the reason why is because they don't have the experience. They don't know all of the nuances of aromatherapy that are necessary to do it right and to do it safely. Well, not even just experience because you can play around and call that experience like the training. Like yep. there are several companies or companies, I mean countries, where you have to be a trained, certified aromatherapist. It's not like a weekend course. It's like a year-long course or a two-year-long course. Cecilia is going to talk to us a little bit more about that. Um, but why don't, we, why don't we let her let's talk? Let's do it. Yeah, let's let her talk. <laughs> uh, Cecilia, why don't you go ahead and tell us about yourself and your history and everything to do with this world? All right. Um, you know, to start, I've just got to let you know how I got into the whole therapy business per se. When Janique was born, um, right after she was born, I had Graves' disease. Sound familiar, you guys? (laughs) Because I got it too. And I talk about that all the time. Go, sorry. And the way they found out was when I went into cardiac arrest. That's how they found the Graves' disease. And it it was at a very serious stage. Um, the doctor told me himself, he gave me his home number and he said, if anything happens, you call me tonight because they wanted to treat it there and then immediately. And I said, no, just give me a few hours. I want to go alternative. But because my heart was so bad, racing so much, they couldn't control it. They couldn't slow it down. They couldn't stop it. Um, Nobody would touch me. Uh, I I was just told that even the homeopath said, no, you're way too much of a risk. We can't touch you. So I had no option but to have my thyroid um, killed with radioactive iodine. And then after that, I went to the other end of the spectrum and I ended up with myxedema because they left me untreated. They so never, they didn't give you medications they or anything? They never monitored me. Wow. To, they never took another blood test. Um, and you were a baby in arms. You were four and a half months old. And Conrad was just a toddler. 
And it was so bad that by the time they <laughs> discovered it, my kidneys were failing. I, I ended up just urinating pure blood. Oh, and I didn't know that. I got to the hospital and I was blacking out all the time. I couldn't walk across the lounge. I couldn't lift my hands. I couldn't. We actually saved money because I couldn't write a check. And so <laughs> we had money in the bank. I couldn't scramble an egg for Conrad. I would drop four eggs before I could even try and crack an egg. Oh, and I so couldn't sad. scramble it. And it was just terrible. I remember the one day I dropped his eggs and I was just like, I can't do this. I'm just going to have to give it to him. And <laughs> luckily the, the floor was clean. And so um, by the time they discovered it, um, I had, the doctor said when he took my blood test, he said that I had 45 minutes before. He said it was less than an hour and I would have been in a coma. And so wow. I was in hospital on, um, uh, I was fed intravenously. I was in a dark room and no visitors uh, my husband couldn't come and he's the only one who's allowed to see me, but he couldn't come with the children. He couldn't bring the children, not even my mother. So when I got out of that, the medications they they gave me just made me so ill that I couldn't survive. Um, and so I took it to the specialist and I put it on his desk and I said to him, I'm giving you this back. I'm going alternative. And he said, you'll be back. Well, it's 30 odd years and never I've back. never been back. He's still waiting. Yeah. <laughs> or dead. Um, but the thing is, from that, um, having gone to those two spectrums to the extreme, I ended up um, my uh, with Epstein-Barr. I ended up with Enkephos, um, with. Uh, encephalomyelitis. I ended up with um, just, it resulted in chronic fatigue. My immune system failed. I was a complete wipeout. I had Lyme disease um, that came through rampantly. When your immune system is down like that, autoimmune diseases, everything just comes through very, very strongly. My blood test was tested in South Africa and confirmed with um, Lyme disease. And it was also sent to Germany. There was a German doctor and his daughter. They were experts in Lyme disease, and they came back. They both my husband and I had Lyme disease, but my husband wasn't that badly affected because he hadn't been through what I had gone through. So to cut a long story short, I went for alternative therapy, and it worked. Um, within three months, three months, I was back to where I was. That was quite a journey, and maybe one day I'll talk about it, what I did and how, how it all came together for me. But I got out of that, and my husband said to me, you know, you've got to study this and see if you can help other people, because his mother and I both were very, very ill, and alternative is what helped us. And so I studied um, complementary medicine. And at that time, um, you know, the government in South Africa at that time wouldn't call it alternative because they said it's not an alternative to medicine. It's a, it complements medicine. So 
the college I went to, um, I studied complementary medicine. And uh, later on, they, they called it the allied health. And the um, health therapy had all the medical people, um, physical therapists and EMTs and doctors and nurses and dental um, the dental industry, etc., and the Allied had the chiropractors, the homeopaths, and then the therapeutic aromatherapists, therapeutic reflexologists, and therapeutic massage therapists, and all the therapeutic um, things were thrown into that pot as such. When um, we qualified, uh, you couldn't work, you could open a clinic, um, you could work with a medical doctor in a hospital. You could work in another clinic. You could not work in a profession that was not registered. So you couldn't work in a hairdressing salon and have your salon there and do treatments. You couldn't work um, with a beautician um, that re wasn't uh, registered under the, um, the, the, the training that we had. So at that time in South Africa, I wanted to bring in um, essential oils, aromatherapy, because there was really no proper training for it. And I saw the need there. And although I had done courses and um, had studied it, nothing was done in the way that I felt it needed to be. So I made application with the government. The whole thing took me 12 years, but wow. I got my school registered. I was the first aromatherapy school in South Africa to be recognized by the government. And um, it started off as a one-year course and then ended up as a two-year course. And, and was we, it just aromatherapy or was it aromatherapy and other things too? Um, there, I had two colleges. The one college dealt um, with other... Uh, disciplines, but my aromatherapy college, it was anatomy, physiology, pathology, pathophysiology, nutrition, business skills, clinic skills, and then it covered aromatherapy. Um, it was the practical and the theoretical. So in the aromatherapy um, section, the students were taught, so it doesn't matter who they came into contact with, they could treat that person, whether it was a pregnant woman, a woman with a baby, if it was a senior, if it was a child. Um, my college taught people to, to treat anybody at any age of any age. So we covered the entire spectrum so that if somebody came to their clinic they, and with a condition, they wouldn't say, oh my goodness, I don't know what to do with this. Mm -hmm. And just as a FYI, um, I had a lot of doctors who had their wives come to the college and do the course because they worked with their, their husbands and the husband would do the examination and the diagnosis because we obviously do not diagnose. Which is so and cool. Just a real quick question. And then the wife would do the treatments. Real quick question. Did you find that in South Africa, 
doctors, mainstream medical doctors were more open to alternative therapies than here? Because no, no, uh, it's the same. A very small percentage. Okay. I had a few doctors come to my college and say, what is it that you do? Because I did stay in my box. I was known for not trying to step out of my box into other people's mm-hmm. areas. Yeah. And I was respected for that. And I had a lot of doctors that I dealt with. I even did lectures um, well, um, when I say lectures, uh, where we did like a little um, conference thing mm-hmm. with with um, a doctor where um, he spoke on the immune system and I spoke on essential oils. So I, I, I worked with doctors and I was known there um, to just to a certain degree and um, nothing big deal, but there were even doctors that used my um, candida diet. There mm-hmm. were doctors cool. that came to me and said, tell me about candida because this candida thing um, is new to us. Yeah. And back in the early 90s, like no one had heard of it. Yeah. You know, in 1990, nobody had known about it. Yeah. And I studied it um, very, very intensely because that was one of the things I had to overcome to build my immune system. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, yeah, my involvement was was very, very big. And then, just as a natural ba- back, um, background, it didn't come to me just because of my therapies and my college. But I've always been a very fussy person. I've always been things must just be right. Things must be. I didn't accept sub sub quality. That's why I married I can, your father. I can he tell you guys, <laughs> true. <laughs> She's very fussy, <laughs> and so that carried in with me. It was always with me in my profession, and that's why I, w- I was successful in other professions. But um, I carried that with me. So when it started with oils, and I found out about the adulterations and what was going on in the essential oil industry. Um, even to this day, if somebody says to me um, about an oil, if I or I want to find, if somebody says, "Can you bring in an oil if it's in demand?" and I do bring it in, or if I'm looking for an oil, I can spend not only hours, but I can spend days and even weeks looking mm-hmm. until I find the right the oil right sources. When I'm satisfied that that oil is the best. I can find, and mm-hmm. I can guarantee you that the oils I buy, there may be better oils out there that I don't know about, that I haven't come across because the industry is huge, but the oils that I have are the best that I can find. And all my oils are certified. They're either certified organic or they are certified vegan. They go through a certification. Some people won't go the organic way because it's so expensive, mm-hmm. So certifying it um, a vegan um, and kosher uh, is still a certification. If they pick up one drop of adulteration or impurity, mm-hmm. it's chucked out. They don't accept it. So most of my oils are certified organic. The others are, but they've been through a form of certification. The, uh, the ones that haven't gone through the certification are the absolutes like Neroli Absolute and Rose Absolute because there's a different standard for those oils. Mm-hmm. Absolutes are expensive anyway. So, and so that's how I got into it. Did we mention that Cecilia actually currently owns her own essential oil company called Honestly Essential? I talk about it a lot 
like at least once or twice a week on Instagram where I'm like highlighting a product and I'm like, Hey, you should be disinfecting your air with this, or you should be using this with this. Or so Cecilia owns honestly essential. It's gone through a few names over the past few years, but it's always <laughs> the same good qualities. So. Well, it's gone through a few names when she says Cecilia owns it. Cecilia has shared it now with Jeanique and Tristan. Well, no, it's, it's mostly yours. It's your baby. Yeah, you know, when she says it's gone through a few names is I had my name and I had my logo and <laughs> she came and said, mom, I don't like this. I did, you need I did to not change say it. that. I did. That wasn't me. That was Allie. Yeah. I mean, that was totally that's a- kind of how it went. <laughs> I did not. And so I then not. I changed it and, um, and then then it was like, no, we don't like this. I mean, I had the No, no, no. Stuff. So you had the therapeutic name. Okay, yes. we're going to go off tangent here. And then you changed it to Solistic, which I loved. And I loved the logo. And you kind of came up with that. And then yes. Ellie was like, no, I, it needs to be more like minimalist. <laughs> and so that's when it took us months to come up with something we all agreed on. Like, so it wasn't me. I would have stuck <laughs> with Solistic. You would have? I Totally. Oh I, my God. You and I came up with that name together. Do you not remember yes, us I on the patio uh, behind your house? Let's let's save this conversation for family <laughs> therapy. And and here's one thing we can all agree on: whether it's the name or the logo, whatever, the oils are the Amazing. best. The quality is absolutely fantastic. Exactly. And we would not compromise on that. Uh, Cecilia definitely would not. None of us would be okay selling a product that we consider subpar. Totally. And uh, on top of that, we're able to do it at a price that will beat most of the big companies out there let's, that are not sold in Walmart. Talk about that. And just to let you know, that same quality we take across with our supplements. We yes. look Everything for we do. the best. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We've been vetting companies for years. But let's let's talk about pricing in, in the aromatherapy world because a lot of people will approach us and say, your essential oils are so affordable are they high quality, mm. you know? And I want to, I want to discuss that a little bit because there's been something that's happened in the market of essential oils in the past 10, 15 years that, you know, it's kind of like the elephant in the room where there's incredible marketing campaigns by these massive MLM companies that have now told people it's, it's only good if it costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Now it looked like you wanted to say something, Tristan. Um, no, I'll say it later. Okay. I'll and, save it. and so I, I do want to bring to light one. Um, we, we have a, like with Cecilia owning, sourcing her own oils, like vetting them, researching them. We've spent a lot of time doing that too. I do want to bring to people's minds, like, we know their overhead, <laughs> you know, like, mm. because we know our overhead. Yes. And so like you can get incredible essential oils and you don't have to pay like a small fortune for it. Mm. Um, because if our overhead is what it is, I can't imagine what theirs is with the massive batches that they buy or the partnerships that they go in with certain farms. Mm-hmm. Like there's, so I, I want to put people's minds to ease that you don't have to spend $80 on an essential oil from a company when you can pay $7 at another company. And I, and 
And I'm not just saying that about our company. There are so many companies like ours, like Mountain Rocky Mountain or Butterfly Rocky Express. Rocky Mountain Oils, Butterfly Express like, that I'm not actually as familiar with. But all, yeah, our pricing is all very much in the same realm, you know? And so there, I respect a lot of those other companies too. I obviously think ours is amazing because we know what goes in every single bottle so we can control comp- right. the, the, the uh, quality. Yeah. But... I, but you guys, you don't have to, you don't have to spend hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of dollars to, you know, get a high quality oil. Right. So, so the big marketing myth in the industry that has been very successfully perpetuated is that the way, you know, it's a good oil is if it costs a lot of money. Mm -hmm. And that's obviously in the favor of these companies that are charging lots of money for the oils, but there are actually other ways to figure out the quality of the oils. And it, it doesn't necessarily correlate with price. Exactly. So maybe we can talk about how people COAs. can know if they're getting good oils or not. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the one thing is you've got to be comfortable with your supplier. You've got mm-hmm. to trust your supplier. Yep. You've totally. got to re- trust and rely on your supplier's knowledge, their sourcing and what they say that it is true. I want to just tell you very quickly a little story in, uh, that happened in South Africa about 28 years ago. A woman worked for a very large essential oil company and she then left and started her own company and she was selling essential oils uh, way under um, the other um, companies and her business exploded. And what happened the one day was I received my essential oils and... From her? Um, no, no, from oh. from my importers. Okay. And there was an EO number or a PP number. And um, when I opened up the bergamot and I smelt it, I immediately said, this is not a true essential oil. And I looked at the label, I phoned the importers and I said, listen, you've sent me a bergamot, but this is not essential oil. Mm. And um, they said, what's the number on it? And mm. I said, PP, blah, 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 blah. And they said, no, PP is potpourri. EO is essential so oils. Mm. And they said, they looked it up and then they, 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 just let the cat out the bag without even knowing it. They said to me, "Oh, those oil, that oil should have gone to so and so, so and so." And I said, "But she's an essential oil company. Uh, this is a potpourri." And they said, "No, she's selling potpourri as essential oils." Mm-hmm. And um, I was like, what? Right, you, yeah. you don't use potpourri on the body. That's right. for candles and soaps and you, making yeah. actual potpourri. So this is um, in the early days where I've realized that even people who come across, um, you know, you've got you to be comfortable. Your supplier's got to be basically your friend yeah. where you know they're not going to mess you around. Totally. We've said something like this similarly in the past, by the way, speaking about um, produce and animal products, mm-hmm. you should know your supplier, know yeah. your farmer. Know your right? farmer. It's, it's yeah. the same thing in this situation. Mm-hmm. Know your supplier, which means there are a couple of places you probably should not be buying your essential oils. One of them is Walmart. Yep. The big grocery stores, mm-hmm. Walmart. Uh, they may have good stuff there. They may. They have been caught red handed with several oils. Several mm-hmm. products that have been sold through big chains like Walmart have been found to be uh, not 
not real oils. Right. Uh, Amazon is the other one. Another one. Yep. That's even if, true. even if you think you're getting a reputable brand on Amazon, there is a decent chance that what is inside the bottle is not the same thing that's on the label. Exactly. So it's just not worth doing it to save a couple of bucks. Mm-hmm. And they are a few um, big companies and because my oils are organic and I'm known for having organic oils, um, they put out, it's not important that the oils are organic. That's not important. It is. It's Bottom re- line, it is. Because it has to go through stringent like uh, testing. Control. Like if a bottle is opened under organic seal, like you have to record every single drop to ensure that it is not tainted or anything like that. Um, so, but organic is not sufficient on its own either. Right. You can have an organic oil that is actually not really very high quality. Hmm. So what else should people be looking for when it comes to quality? Um, what, as far as, uh, looking for quality, they, they need to be able to talk to like, for instance, if people come into the shop and they can talk to us, they can call us and they can talk mm-hmm. to us and we can assure them and we can help them. But if you just go and buy over the counter, you don't know what you're buying. Mm-hmm. Right, right. That's yeah. so true. And, 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 go ahead. Oh, I just wanted to mention as far as oils go and pricing, there's one thing in the industry that really ticks me off. And that is Melissa. Because the last true, true Melissa I smelt was probably um, more than was probably twenty years ago. Wow! Um, when when I was in South Africa and we sold Melissa, Melissa is this tiny flower that's like a daisy, and it's incredibly expensive because the yield everything is based on the yield, and the yield that you get out of it is incredibly small. So there's a lot of material needed, a lot of work to get very little out of it. Mm-hmm. So what they started doing then was taking the Melissa flower and the leaves because there wasn't enough of, you know, couldn't harvest enough Melissa to produce a pure Melissa. So they took, um, now I want to give you just a comparison. If you think of strawberries and you think of the strawberry plant and it has a few strawberries on it. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a lot of strawberries to gather a basket full of strawberries. But if you take the whole plant with a few strawberries, mm-hmm. you fill your basket up very quickly. Mm-hmm. That's what they did. But they never changed the price. Mm-hmm. And now you get Melissa leaves. It's not even Melissa and flower. Yeah. Most of them just says Melissa leaf. And they're still paying the same price. That's so crazy. And a couple of years ago, maybe two or three years ago, I spoke to somebody in the industry and I said, why is this going on? Mm-hmm. And they said, nobody's questioned it. No. Yeah. And I said, but I'm questioning it. They said, you're not big enough. <laughs> you're a nobody. <laughs> you're a nobody. <laughs> exactly. And so that annoys me because yeah. we're paying mm-hmm. this high price for leaves yeah. and we shouldn't be. Totally. But I can't control that part of the industry. Yeah, right. exactly. Right. I, I want to move on to um, a can, question. Can we not quite yet? Oh, totally. There is, there's one other thing that's really important about quality. Please, please and bring that's, it up. That's the certifications yes. that you actually mentioned COAs, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. 
there are ways to test oils to make sure that they have purity and potency. Mm -hmm. And most of the time this doesn't come up. Um, I think doTERRA kind of makes a big deal about it. They had their whole thing, but they're not perfect either. We won't go there. There was a big... I'm going there. There was a massive scandal like two or three years ago where their COAs were actually um, duplicates of fake COAs. Well, they were fake. They were other people's. Yes. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. The the scandal wasn't about the actual quality of the oils. We're not questioning the quality of their oils. The scandal was about who was actually doing the testing and and whether it was really being signed off on by the people doing the testing. Or if it was a fake lab or something like that. No, no, they would taking somebody else's um, results and claiming it as theirs. Well, anyway, yeah, it's, anyways, yeah. it, the whole thing kind of faded off into nothing. But, but the point is that there are these certificates out there and you should be able to ask for those and mm-hmm. see what exactly goes in your oil. Will you be able to read it? Yeah, mm, I was just going to say, I'm not sure necessarily you know what you're looking that, at. That's, Otherwise right. it's a yeah. lot of work. That's, that's mm-hmm. why you need to have a good relationship with your supplier because your supplier should not only be able to provide those to you, but they should also help mm-hmm. you understand them. Should it come to that? So, now that being said, in all the years that uh, Cecilia has been selling these oils, how many times have people asked you to see certificates of analysis? Never. Never. And that's basically because they trust me. So if I say enough. the oil is good. Uh-huh. People have got to know me. You know, the thing is my clients are, are more my friends. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. You know, they. Um, I don't visit with them. We don't go to movies. We don't go to <laughs> restaurants. Yeah. But yeah. when they come in, I know them. I know their families. Mm-hmm. I know their children. Yeah. Um, I've dealt with people here in Provo where their children were little, mm-hmm. have got married, had children, and I'm not dealing yeah. with their children. You know, so yeah. I've, mm-hmm. I've dealt with generations. Mm-hmm. And they know, they know me that when I say this is a good oil, they know that I'm, that it's true. I want to bring up a really important point is rarely do you find an essential oil company owned by an aromatherapist. It's normally like business people that hire aromatherapists to do their formulating. Right. In fact, you've been hired by other companies to do formulating, but rarely will you find the aromatherapist actually owning the company. And that's what honestly essential is. You're the aromatherapist. You've started it. You've done your own formulations. You've written your books. And that's, that's, that's like finding a unicorn basically. Well, the thing is I've always said to people, I'm a therapist before I'm a business person. Mm-hmm. And this is why I'll never make a lot of money and I'll never be rich. That's, that's why because we're here. <laughs> we're here to help you with that. <laughs> because I really am a therapist before I'm I'm a business person because that's my background, mm-hmm. you know, is complementary right. medicine. Right. And so I'm in the, the, the business of the essential oils for the true therapeutic side of the clinic mm-hmm. in treating people and using it. It's, it's almost like um, it's a natural medicine yeah, and not for the clinking of the cash register. Right, totally. You can ask people that have been coming to me here in Provo for 20 years, have I ever sold them as an essential oil? And they will tell you no. They come in and ask me Mm -hmm. for an essential oil, but Mm -hmm. I have never when somebody has walked in and said, oh, you must buy this oil. Yeah. You know, I have never, mm-hmm. ever done that. Yeah. People will say, Cecilia, do you have this oil? And I'll say yes or no. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love that. That's, 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 that's where your, I come from. That's your 
that's totally your character and your, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's, <laughs> well, it, it's the, it's your essence. It's service how you first, are. not, mm-hmm. not money. Exactly. And I, I would say that that's something we all have in common is that none of us is really in this for the money. Right. Uh, in fact, none of us would choose to get super rich at the expense of no. our integrity yep. when ne- it comes to anything never. that we do. Never, never. And you know, on that note, we have talked about raising our essential oil prices in order to help people see the quality because mm-hmm. there is that bias out there that if it's good quality, it must be expensive. Right. So we get a lot of people who question our quality simply because we're so much cheaper than totally. some of the other options. So we've thought, well, maybe if we just double our prices, people will think well, it's high quality and then they'll come and get it. We haven't done that we yet. We haven't. And, and no, we're not no, going we're to do that. that. I mean, yes, our, our prices no, go up when our costs go up, but, mm-hmm. but for the most part, we just, we're, we we're just not wanted, willing to do that. To we people. want it available for people yeah. really. Like and it's such, it can be such an incredible tool to use in your house without you having to like mortgage your house, yeah. you know? And the other days, um, somebody came in and said, Oh, your myrrh was expensive before. Now it's not. And I said, yes, I sourced a very good one mm-hmm. for less. So I bring the price down yeah. Yeah. and the same with the arrow. Yeah. And so we'll change our it, pricing according to our sources. Exactly. Mm-hmm. According to what we get it for. So yeah. if, if we get it at a good price or I get a discount, I yeah. give it, mm-hmm. I pass it on to the clients. Sometimes the opposite also happens, right? Yeah. There, there have been oils that have become very expensive in recent years because the sourcing has become a lot more expensive. Mm-hmm. And we've had to either increase our prices or just discontinue the oils altogether because they're just outside of the well, feasible vanilla range. vanilla is one. You know, I've discontinued um, vanilla because people want vanilla. But yeah. the minute they see how expensive it is, right. they don't want to. Totally. Yeah. And um, I believe, I was told that a couple of years ago, um, Coca-Cola bought up all the Tahitian um, vanilla, vanilla. Oh, great. and so the price of vanilla has His, gone through the, the roof. roof. Yeah, I believe that. Same with sandalwood. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm not even going to stock that anymore. Well, and sandalwood so has another issue in terms of sustainability mm-hmm. because it is, and this is an issue with a lot of essential oils, by the way. It's not necessarily a sustainable industry for some of these plants totally. because the demand is so high and the yield on these plants yes. is so low like for that instance, we're yeah. threatening the the status of these, especially with all the fires going on right. in Australia oh now. Oh my gosh. And sandalwood, sandalwood primarily oh comes from gosh. Australia. So yes. it may not be available anywhere soon, but, mm-hmm. but the truth is that even without all of the fires going on in Australia, sandalwood is in danger because mm-hmm. of the mass production of these oils. Yeah. In fact, one of these big companies, one of the MLM companies, I won't name, <laughs> they actually were caught red handed uh, illegally importing one of these rare species. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it, it was sandalwood. It wasn't, it wasn't sandalwood. sandalwood. I can't remember I what can't, it was. But they were illegally importing it mm-hmm. for, again, because of money, right. right? And and there is this ethical world that most people aren't aware of. Like, let's bring up sandalwood. Like, you have to wait for sandalwood to grow for 30 years before you can harvest it for essential oil use. Mm-hmm. And when you harvest it for essential oil use, then there is a smuggling industry that tries to get it from an unethical source. Now, when we source sandalwood, it's actually been vetted through certain, um, they, they do like biddings on it. Like Mm -hmm. you'll, you'll bid for a batch versus just like 
take it all or whatever. So you have to bid depend, depending on how much your harvest yields that year. Right. And, and that's the most important part is that it's a s- sustainable process where you're not harvesting mm-hmm. any more than you are planting so mm-hmm. that it's still going to be available 30 years from now for our children and our children's children. Exactly. Well, about 27, 28 years ago, in my importers in South Africa told me that there was um, a shortage with sandalwood because two rival plantations, the one set the other one alight. Oh my gosh, are you kidding? Oh, no. And it takes 30 years to grow the trees. Oh, you know? that's and so, so tragic. Yeah. So this isn't a this new thing. This is all thing. about money. This like, this makes me so sad. Oh my gosh. Um, all right, so... Let's, should we move on to the usage to, side of things? I want to shift to every, the, the, the number two question over, like first it's the quality, like how do we know if it's good? The second one is, can I ingest these oils? Mm. Please I, let's talk about that. All right. Can I, before we go on to that, just answer one more thing? Yes. And that is if you buy an essential oil, I'm going to give you an example like geranium. Mm-hmm. And the, your last bottle of geranium you had smells different to your new bottle of Uh, geranium it's because the things that will change the fragrance you know like in the furniture industry Mm. dye batches are never exactly the same Mm -hmm. and so there's there can be differences well in the essential oil business too seasons change seasons Mm. play um and then um, the harvesting and where Mm -hmm. it was grown Mm -hmm. all of those play a factor so don't think that if your your rose or lavender or geranium there's so many different species on the market um if there's a difference in fragrance it's not a good one because Mm -hmm. it's not like that it's just it depends on um the this the season and the yes. yeah. well, harvesting of it. I remember someone from Florida ordered jasmine from us. Or like, w- does jasmine glow- grow in Florida? There, there's anyway they they ordered a plant that grows in Florida, like a, an essential oil, mm-hmm. and they sent it back. And they're like, this doesn't smell like what I what we mm-hmm. have here in Florida. And I remember thinking, well, because it wasn't harvested in Florida, it right. was harvested in a foreign country. You know, like it, there's different terpene profiles and so yeah, different chemotypes mm-hmm. right where some are going to be very heavy in one terpene and mm-hmm. some are going to be very heavy in a different terpene exactly it's the same species but it's not different the same region prof- it yep. wasn't grown at the same time there's yep. lots of different factors like cecilia was saying exactly so, all right so now with the ingesting yes let's all talk right. about that because that is like everybody so another cultural issue around essential oils that's come up in the past decade is people are ingesting essential oils left, right, and center. And we really, really, really need to educate the public on this. So let's go. All right. So here again, I don't come from the angle of the more I can get people to ingest it, lick it, capsulate it, um, smell it, uh, apply it, um, diffuse it, the more I sell, the more I make. I don't come from that background. I come from the clinical therapeutic background where my essential oils are my natural medicines. They are oils that um, are anti-inflammatory, antiseptic, antibacterial. They um, relaxing, calming, soothing. They uplifting, stimulating. And so I use them for those specific uses. When it comes to ingesting, and I get asked that question all the time, 
there's no such thing as a food grade essential oil um, because people say, is yours therapeutic grade or is it food grade? Essential oils or essential oils? How you use them, um, you've got to use them with knowledge. You've got to use them. There are certain oils. When when my children were growing up, Shanique and her brother Conrad, um, I used essential oils as my medicine when they were sick. Shanique was um, 14 when she had her first antibiotic, and that was because I was at a conference in, in Rome. I was speaking at a conference in Rome, and her father was looking after her, and of course, not feeling well, he panicked, took her to the doctor and came back and the doctor gave her antibiotic and Shanique was very, very happy. She said, Mom, guess what? I have <laughs> antibiotic because she was then the same as every other child in the school. <laughs> Conrad, um, he was 15 when he had his first antibiotic and I actually got that for him because he came back with a huge tick bite on his leg mm. and I didn't want Lyme disease and I um, had the doctor administer antibiotics immediately. But otherwise, essential oils were my medicine. But you've got to know what you can ingest, how much, and definitely what you can't ingest. The one thing you've got to be careful of with children, you cannot just give essential oils um, to children. Their livers are very um, tiny. Their livers have to battle. These oils are incredibly strong. I have um, photographs and I have treated people whose skin has been burnt from the use of undiluted essential oils. Now, if you ingest those essential oils just because they put in a capsule and you swallow it, doesn't mean to say it's going to um, protect your stomach lining on the inside or from there when it's absorbed it goes to the liver it's going to protect it um, there's no research being made on the effect of essential oil on the internal organs of the body but when I have seen what oils have done to the external organ of the body which is the skin um, there are many, I can show you photos that are pretty horrific. And so um, you've got to know what oils you can take, how much, and um, the ones that you shouldn't take. And so I don't say that you cannot. We eat more essential oils in our food and in the food industry than we even know about. But... Um, and the quality of those oils, I really don't know. But there are oils that treat bacteria. There are oils that treat viruses. There are oils that um, can help a lot. And I've used them myself, but not just every day and for everything. When my mm -hmm. kids have been sick, that's when I've used it. And when they've needed it, um, it's, it's my medicine. It's not just my everyday. And this is where a lot of companies that want to push the oils and sell them, and it's a business, and it's, it's marketing. Marketing is incredibly um, clever. And so um, the way that they can market it in, in all sorts of things – uh, it's it's not where I come from. So if that is for, for some people out there, it works for them, that's good. Uh, I don't mind that. I have nothing against it. You must just know how to use it. Mm -hmm. And Tristan, you were telling us a horror story not so 
Um, oh, yeah. With, oh, oh, the one I was telling you about earlier today. Yes. Yeah. So I was on, on Facebook today and I saw somebody giving advice to a mom to give their child, a six month old child in essential oils to take internally. Mm-hmm. They, they mentioned a very specific product That's and insane. said, Oh, your child's been sick. This is the best thing to, to do. Please give don't them, do that. Give them these gel caps full of essential oil. And this mm-hmm. is probably a person who sells essential oils, has never been yes. trained other than yes. like on a weekend training. Yes. Remember you guys, Cecilia trains aromatherapists and their courses were like one to two years long. You know, like, so... When, was two years. Some were even three. Exactly. So, three so people who took like a weekend course, signed up with a company and is now giving health advice for you to like telling you to give your kid an essential oil to ingest, that's extremely dangerous. Yeah, and, and saying that it's so pure that it is safe for internal safe. use, that is not true. Essential oils are solvents, they're, right? They're, they're, they're highly chemical, concentrated chemicals. Yeah, they're, they're, they're chemical properties mm-hmm. cause them to dissolve things. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so, exactly. It, it, can, it can dissolve a toothbrush. It yes. Can put it in a plastic cup. It will eat a hole through we, within exactly. a minute. So Cecilia has a product that we love. It's called Sparkle and mm-hmm. it's a tooth oil and it's basically essential oils with, is it coconut carrier? Yes, it's a, a toothpaste replacement. And it, it's fantastic. It does an amazing job of keeping your mouth clean and, and balancing the bacteria in there. Mm-hmm. But it will do a number on your toothbrush. We've oh, had yeah. toothbrushes, Janique they, and they I, just, that like, disintegrate they, like, completely. fall to pieces mm-hmm. after <laughs> a, a couple months of it. So don't put it in your body. Just don't do it. It's, it's not worth it unless you are working with someone who has been well-trained. And I don't mean they signed up with a company. They went through a proper certification training and learned what is safe and when it's safe to do it. And if they give you the advice that it's okay in certain situations, then maybe in that situation, it's okay for you and to do it. please don't listen to anybody who tells you to put pure peppermint essential oils on a newborn baby's spine because it's going to increase the immune system. That's a load of BS. (laughs) Please be careful. So you guys, if you are getting advice from, actually our members, every time they ask like, hey, my child is sick, what would you recommend? We recommend like an herb or a supplement. And then they're like, what essential oils would you recommend? We're always texting Cecilia. Mm-hmm. You know, we're always, so so members, if you think we're that smart with essential oils, you're wrong because <laughs> it's all Cecilia's knowledge. We would never give you advice um, just by ourselves. We go to the expert first. So, sure. um, and I think that's why people love your company so much, mom, is because, or Cecilia, sorry, <laughs> trying, trying to keep this professional, um, is because you give them the right advice and they can trust you and they, they right. know that you have the experience, you have the training, you know what potential side effects might happen uh, if they are. So if anyone ever tells you to ingest an essential oil, ask them what their credentials are, please. Um, because, because it can be really detrimental to, um, I, I mean, probably once a month you get someone calling you saying, oh my gosh, so-and-so is throwing up. What should I do? Or so-and-so put undiluted tea tree in their daughter's ear and now their ears burning. What do I do? This happens all the time. And, and my mom is so sweet and she's hilariously snarky too, because she'll say, 
go to the person who sold you that oil and ask them. <laughs> and I die a thousand times because I think it's hilarious that she does that. But it's true. But it's true. If, if you are going to sell somebody a product, you should know enough about it to make yeah. good recommendations. So, yep. You have a responsibility to the people you are selling products to, mm-hmm. to know your stuff and mm-hmm. to keep them safe. Yep. So, so every time someone comes into our store and says, can you ingest these oils? We say yes. And please don't. Well, well we <laughs> no, say, we don't actually say yes because sometimes some oils, them. some oils are, well, yeah, you can <laughs> put them in your mouth. It doesn't <laughs> yeah. mean it's okay. Right. Uh, right, right. <laughs> so anyways, you guys. So, so the, the point is though, that yes, our oils are pure, just mm-hmm. like any of the companies that say you can take them internally, mm-hmm. but we don't tell people to take them internally unless they are working with us very closely Mm -hmm. and And we know exactly what's going on. And if I can just mention, don't put essential oils in any of your orifices, um, whether it's ear, up your nostrils, any other place. Mm -hmm. Um, Don't. Not, um, definitely not undiluted and definitely not unless it's been instructed by a qualified therapeutic Aromatherapist. Exactly. They don't actually have, do they have courses in the United States to train aromatherapists and get a certification? Because in South Africa they do, England they do. There's a certification. Certification though doesn't mean anything, right? There is no accreditation. There is no licensing in America Mm -hmm. when it comes to essential Essential oils oils or aromatherapy. But there is accreditation in other countries like South Africa, like England, like Australia. Sure. So if you're in a different country listening, maybe your country has something like that. But here in the United States, there is nothing like that. So, so that's probably why we are in this issue to begin with, where the blind's kind of leading the blind and we're all just putting essential oils everywhere. But be, just because you can't get licensed or accredited doesn't mean that you can't get, get trained. trained. True. And there are some very good trainings out there mm-hmm. that can help you learn how this actually works and how to do it safely. Exactly. And if you're interested in, in helping people in this way for a living, please, please do that. Mm-hmm. Don't just go sign up with a company and buy your starter kit and start peddling the stuff. Right. Learn about it. Exactly. Right. Get trained in it. Cecilia, then, you do trainings. Yeah. You And you also have a book. Please tell us about that. All right. Um, one thing that is in the book, and I'll tell you about the book, but just going in with this, one thing that's in the book as well is um, just, it's very easy to know where to apply essential oils. People always say, where do I apply the essential oils? Do I put it on my feet? Mm-hmm. Um, the feet is not the only place or the best place. Mm-hmm. It is a place to put it because that is the point of blood's return back um, back up the body. But you always want to go to the area you want to treat, nearest to the area you want to treat. So if you've got a headache, you apply the essential oil to your forehead or the back of your head. If you have an earache, you put it around the external part of the ear. If you've got stuffed sinuses, you can do an in a steam inhalation and you can apply essential oils on the frontal cavities, the maxillary cavities, don't try the ethmoids, it's too close to the eyes. You can gargle with it if you have a sore throat. Mm-hmm. Um, you can apply it to your throat. If you're coughing to your chest, apply it back and front. We had a client who um, had our respiratory care essential uh, oil um, and 
it's a, a mix and he applied it to his chest and the back where he could reach and when he went back because his x-rays showed infection and when he went back and had the x-rays done um, the area he couldn't reach was still the one spot where ah. he showed infection <laughs> so always apply it front and back if you've got mm-hmm. abdominal issues apply it to the abdomen so if you have um, a stomach ache or you have if you've got um, uterine or ovarian problems apply it to the pelvic area if you've got muscle pain to that muscle so always go closest to the area you want to treat so about the book just to tell you a little bit about the book this book was used in the college um it was the textbook that we used um, to teach the students. So it covers a lot of things. I can't say it covers what is it everything. Called? It's called Aromatherapy for Natural Health and Beauty. My college in South Africa was called Natural Health and Beauty. So mm. it was an Aromatherapy for Natural Health and Beauty. And it covers um, uh, the, the, the basics of the history and, and extraction methods, but then it covers some carrier oils. In those days, there were a lot fewer essential oils and a lot fewer carrier oils, but um, the government required a certain amount of oils that needed to be covered. I don't know if it was 56, but I think there's something, there's more. There's, I always did more than what was required. And so... Um, it covers the um, carrier oils, the difference between carrier oils and essential oils, and then the difference between carrier oils and mineral oils, and then the properties um, of the carrier oils, and then it also covers essential oils. There's, there's a lot of essential oils. It's not every single one. There's also a lot of new oils on the market, mm-hmm. but um, in there I also teach you, you know, that when people come, you don't have to learn every single oil off by heart as to what their properties are. And in that book, I teach people, and this is absolutely unique to me, um, where I teach people the grouping of essential oils. So Mm -hmm. if it's a flower, what it does, if it's a tree oil, if it is... um, if it's a herb, if it's a spice oil. And so any other new oil that you might have um, that you get, if you can group it into a flower, a tree, a spice, a grass, um, you will be able to basically know what those oils do for you. And then it uh, covers, um, there's a lot of recipes in there. There's a lot of recipes. It covers fragrance and beauty, um, even massage and labor and pregnancy. And it just covers a lot. It's a great book, and you guys. And chemical constituents. It's, it's I think so it's, dense with information. I think it's fair to argue that if you read this book once through from cover to cover, you would know more than 99% of the people trying Not to there. sell you essential oils. It's true. So, um, Would you ever be interested in teaching a course on I'm this? I'm always interested in Because I think we should, like, that's in the springtime, I, like, background. we should do, like, a weekend course or something because I know, like, there are so many moms out there and women out there who just want to help their kids and they don't know how and they want to get the right information i would love to teach i think that would be amazing yeah that's you know that's my background in the college i taught anatomy physiology pathology pathophysiology essential mm-hmm. oils nutrition covered every everything mm-hmm. that was taught there i was able 
yeah. um, to teach. So I would love to, I would love to teach people. Also guys, sorry about the noises in the background. <laughs> so Tori was calling 911 on the phone. Oh, great. That's, <laughs> she did it so twice. We have that to oh look God, forward to in a few that? minutes. So that's why you heard a whole kerfuffle in the background there. Um, what else is really important well, that people want to hear about? So there, there's something that uh, was mentioned earlier that I wanted to circle back to when it comes to safety with essential mm-hmm. oils. And that's the general overuse of essential oils. Even if you're using them safely, it is possible to create problems for yourself Mm. if you're doing it over and over and over. It's kind of like my book covers, my book covers uh, minimum and maximum and how much you should Mm -hmm. use males and females. You guys, if you want to buy Cecilia's book, um, it's actually at Honestly Essential. So go to www.honestlyessential.com and then just look for it on the webpage there because mm-hmm. it's an it's an incredible resource to go to all the time. Um, but, but yeah, but but on this topic of our use, I know um, actually multiple aromatherapists who cannot be in the same room as mm-hmm. lavender essential oil when it's diffusing because they've worked with it so much in the past yeah. that they've developed a sensitivity to it. Exactly, it, it's like a, an allergy for them, mm-hmm. and so they they get in a room where it's diffusing and it's like a chemical sensitivity. They just have to get out of there. And if I can just elaborate on that, um, in South Africa in the college once, uh, there was a a mother that came and her daughter um, at home was allergic to lemon essential oil. Mm. And um, before she came to the class, we made sure everything was wiped down. There was no lemon um, in the wow. classroom, and no lemon was used in any of the mixes. For, uh, the students were all happy with it because even if the mother got it on her and took it home, yeah. the mm. child had a reaction. And about not even, I think, two weeks ago, one of our clients came in, and it was within minutes. She was waiting to have a treatment done. Within minutes, her son's lips started swelling up. Oh, yes, up. that's right. Oh, wow. And he was, he's allergic to lemongrass. Lemon mm. And we had lemongrass hand lotion, my, the hand lotion that I make. We had that in the restroom. And, um, and I, I asked if he'd been in the restroom, and she asked him, and he said no. Mm-hmm. But just the chemical constituents in the air mm-hmm. caused his mouth to swell up. She had she had an um, epinephrine pe- um, EpiPen, yeah. Yeah, the EpiPen. And she had to take him out immediately. Wow, so you scary. guys, this is really important to bring up because think of your newborn babies. Now you're smothering them with essential oils. You're overloading their bodies. You're overloading their livers, potentially causing autoimmune reactions to essential oils. That would be extremely tragic because let's say that newborn baby starts reacting negatively to essential oils and then that, that baby turns into a three-year-old and is sick. Now you can't use essential oils when they're sick. So we're not saying don't ever use essential oils, be extremely careful. But what we're saying is this overuse Just know is, is going to irritate their system. It's almost like uh, taking if you're ingesting essential oils every day and smothering it like in high concentrations all over your body every day, it would be the same as like taking ibuprofen every single day. Like that wears and tears on your body over time and c- can create issues, uh, liver toxicity being one of them. Yeah. Um, but, but then it also loses its efficacy 
efficacy. So you have to take Mm -hmm. more and more and more at the expense of your body. And so essential oils, like we said earlier, are extremely concentrated. Mm -hmm. And so utilize them when you need to, like in like situations where someone is sick, somebody needs a hard punch to their immune system or to a bacteria or a fungal infection. You know, um, one question I think people ask all the time is, well, can I drink my lemon essential oil? And what's your response to that? Because I think it's brilliant. Um, Right. You know, the thing is, if you did it um, now and again, if you were constipated and you wanted to use grapefruit and put one drop into um, uh, four cups of water, and drink it to help your constipation. It's a lot of water. Hypothetically, of course, this is not a recommendation. Yeah, it's like, um, or or even two cups of water. But what I'm saying is you don't go and put 10 drops, you know, like one drop to a large Mm -hmm. amount, and you do it now and again. You must remember that the um, lemon essential oil, grapefruit, mandarin, orange, all of these citrus fruits, the it does not, the oil does not come from the fruit. So when we eat the fruit, what do we do? We peel it, we throw the peels away and we eat the fruit. What do they do with the essential oils? They take the peel. And if you take that peel and you bend it and the, the, you see things squirt out, that's not even the essential oils. If you put a, a flame to it and it sparks, that is the essential oil. So those essential oils in the skin, they're there for a purpose and they're there to protect the fruit. Everything, nuts, nuts have got their um, their own protection as insect repellents and pest control. And so do citrus fruits and flowers and everything in nature has to protect themselves from the surrounding environment. And so these things that are in the skin is there to protect the the fruit. Um, And now we're extracting it and we are ingesting it. So it's not the fruit that you're doing. Yes, it's got the fragrance and it's got the taste, but you you have to be so careful. It doesn't Mm. mean to say you can't because it's used in the food industry um, sometimes we put the zest of the orange into baking, but you don't. You do a little bit of the zest um, into the baking. You you don't do a whole lot of oranges, and with the um, with the essential oils, they use a whole lot of fruit to get the essential oils out of it. So again, just know what to do and how to do it. And I seriously, I'm so excited just talking about all of this that I would love to teach people. So if people are interested, let's get together and let's all learn. Schedule a class, like a weekend class or something like that, that can be attended in person as well as online, you know, because I know there's a lot of people out of state that would be really interested too. Oh, we can. um, I mean, that's what the internet and everything is there for. Exactly. We can stream it, live stream it. Yeah. Um, anything else we want to bring up? I think we got the core I of think, everything. I think we kind of covered it. So, so hopefully, you know, if you've been listening, you've learned that you don't have to pay 
out the wazoo in order to get good oils, that there are ways to get good oils that are not crazy expensive. And the key is really knowing your supplier. Yeah. I've learned about safety when it comes to oils. Don't mm. feed them to your children. Don't ingest right. them willy nilly. Don't diffuse them constantly because it smells good. Mm-hmm. Um, we've also, by the way, we, we, we actually we... didn't talk about this, but essential oils do work. People mm-hmm. love to make fun of essential oils. There's that meme out there. Don't, oh, don't make fun of your kids for believing in Santa Claus. You believe in essential oils. Right, Have you seen right. that? And it's funny, <laughs> but, but the fact is essential yeah. oils do work. There right, is indeed. all kinds of research out there showing the efficacy of these. Yeah. And the, if anything, these potential health risks that we've talked about are mm-hmm. evidence that they do something, yeah. right? This is not a placebo effect going on. Um, But using it properly really is the key. I want to talk real quick about diffusing because you said don't diffuse it willy nilly. Um, I think there's a little bit of wiggle room because we diffuse, especially in the wintertime, quite a bit to disinfect the air. Sure, but we're um, not doing it every single day. No, we don't do it every long. single day. And and I will admit again, like when my kids are sick, I am diffusing in their rooms like a highly concentrated mm-hmm. amount of eucalyptus when they're coughing, right? But only when they're coughing, only when they're sick, you know? So use it in times of like of need when the body is in distress and you need to kind of shock it into action. You know, that's what the essential oils do. They, they provoke a reaction in the body. And so when you need some kind of provocation, is that the right word? Sure. (laughs) So you guys know what I'm talking about. When you need that, um, that catalyst, that's what the essential oils are there for. Not every day, um, you know, stress and strain. They're, just, they're not your personal Glade plug-in. Right. Although they exactly. might be better than a Glade plug-in. They're so much better than a Glade <laughs> plug-in. Are you kidding? I love to, like, even on, like, not during the wintertime, mm-hmm. I like to diffuse things, like, once every sure. other day. Absolutely. But but here's my point. My point is that just because an essential oil smells good doesn't mean that you need to have that smell constantly 24/7. around you. Mm-hmm. I'm actually nose blind to a lot of essential oils mm-hmm. now because of just working in the shop. Right. Um, I'm sure that everyone at this table is yeah, in the same so boat. True. But uh, the smell of clean is nothing. Mm-hmm. We talked about that with Ryan Blazer, right? Totally. When he, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, but yeah. he says the smell of clean is nothing. You don't need to have some sense in the mm-hmm. air to feel like things are clean. Right. Open a window, yes. let in some fresh air. Let mm-hmm. that be your, your neutral. Yeah. Let like that be your good. Glade plug in. Exactly. Do you have anything else you want to say on diffusing essential oils? Um, yes. Essential oils. Um, there are a lot of essential oils that are hazardous and not good for pregnancy, but diffusing essential oils are okay. Mm-hmm. Great. It's pretty safe to f- diffuse essential oils. Just as Tristan said, don't overdo it. One, and, go ahead. Well, last thing, consent is also really important with essential oils. I hear stories all the time of people taking it to their children's school and having the teacher diffuse it in the room. I don't think they're allowed to. That, they shouldn't be. They shouldn't mm-hmm. be. No. Um, but don't. Don't do it. Don't even try to do it. We, we just talked about some situations where people are so sensitive to it that they could literally die from it. Right. So don't expose other yes. people to it without 
them knowing or without them having the chance to say, I don't want to die. And talking about um, essential oils to school, I'm going to close off with this. When Janique was seven years old, she was so sold on tea tree. It was her friend's birthday and she was going to the birthday party. And I said, come, we've got to go and get her a gift. And she said, mom, can I give her a bottle of tea tree? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, no, Janique. She wouldn't know what to do with it. You guys, mom. I have like memories burned into my brain of like going to hotels or public bathrooms and my mom is disinfecting toilets and bathtubs with tea tree and like the whole hotel room would smell like tea tree. The public bath would smell like tea tree. Like tea tree is forever burned in my cerebellum. So <laughs> so there you go. Um, this is great. I think we need to do a follow-up podcast uh, talking a little bit about general rules like what could what should be used for pregnant women what should yeah. be used for mm. children you know or how much how to properly yes. dilute it in a carrier yes. things like, like that. The, the more technical cover with the training that's too. true yes we should do the training yeah. i that. think i think we can do like a little sneak peek and then go into depth like go really deep with the trainings and stuff yeah. that would be really cool in the meantime if you want to get the book once again, you can get mm-hmm. it from honestlyessential.com yep. as long with all kinds of essential oils that we carry and sell. And, yeah. um, and if you have questions about proper essential oil use, the book's definitely a good resource, but you can also reach out to us and yep. um, we'll be happy to help you out. Hey, can we give people a coupon code for listening if mm. they want to buy something? Oh, yeah. absolutely. What so code do you want to use? Why don't we sure say podcast there. love? Podcast love. So if you guys well, want to go... Podcast aroma. Podcast aroma. Okay, there you go. it is settled. So what, Pod- are we, what, are we, what do we? do they get with this coupon code? So what do you say? 20% off. 20% off, you guys. Wow. And this will only be available for like the month <laughs> after this has been released. So, yes. or a couple weeks, I don't know. So podcast aroma is your discount coupon. Um, and Cecilia, before we log off, what should people buy with that discount coupon? What are some of your favorite essential oils that you think every household should have? Well, I think that a lot of people are already going to have these, but um, eucalyptus and peppermint, lavender, uh, lemon, um, not necessarily, uh, you don't have to go for uh, the ones that you don't know, stick with the essential oils you're familiar with and that you know how to use them. Mm-hmm. And you can also, if there are oils you desire, you can get them and then learn. We can teach you how to use them. But basically, A to Z, any of the oils. I love it. Thank you. Yeah. Also, if you guys are local, um, we, we're trying to get all of Cecilia's products on Honestly Essential, but um, most of you don't know this, but Cecilia actually formulates face creams. Her anti-wrinkle is the number two best-selling product in our store behind the CBD. So it's phenomenal. Like people have been coming in for like literally a decade, like utilizing this cream over and over and over. And if you look at Cecilia's skin, you're almost 70 yeah, you're you're this 70 year. this year. Uh, this year. Yes. None of your business. No, sorry, guys. I mean, she's she's almost 40. So. 
<laughs> no, but like, she looks amazing. Like everyone's like, Oh my gosh, your mom's almost seven. Cecilia's almost 70. And I'm like, I know it's amazing. Um, she formulates amazing face creams, body lotions, deodorants, perfumes that are all 100% natural that you, we used to have the slogan so natural you could eat it, but we had to take that off because people were trying to eat it. And we're like, please don't do that. Like you shouldn't be ingesting essential oils. Like, but it, it there's, there's such incredible, incredible products. Yeah. The face cream has been the number one bestseller for 30 years. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Until we started with the, the CBD. CBD. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, it's mm-hmm. phenomenal. You guys there are over a hundred products that I formulate. So these wow. few that yep. we've mentioned, um, there's 65 on a list that I have, but I can formulate for anything and everything. Great. And like I said, my favorite is the sparkle tooth oil. That stuff is fantastic. And you don't even have to rinse when you're done. That stuff is amazing. Oh my gosh. So anyway, go to the website, check it out. Let us know if you have any questions. And otherwise, I think that we are ready to wrap it up. Mm -hmm. So thank you everyone for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please share it with people. Share it with all those people trying to sell you essential oils and tell you it's okay to drink them. Um, And and please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, What else? We are launching a a, a, a kind of a membership that goes with the podcast. So you can uh, kind of help support what we do. You may not know this, but it is very, very expensive for us to run this podcast. And we are most certainly not uh, making our money back on it. We just love to share and we love to kind of get this out into the world so people can benefit. But uh, we are coming up with this program so that you can help support us and you can uh, kind of donate just a little bit of money every month to help us keep doing what we're doing and to expand what we're doing. And if you're interested in doing that, then you can go to gutsy.ch slash support, S-U-P-P-O-R-T. You're looking and- at me like I know. and I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know what the website is. <laughs> and uh, and anyway, we'll we'll tell you more about that as we get further into it. But yeah. uh, that's it for this week, unless there's something else you wanted to say. Oh, I was going to say, uh, it, with that whole support thing Tristan was telling you, we're actually going to do extra podcasts, you know, so um, like the Q&As after the podcast. So it's the podcast after the podcast. There, there will be, to. there will be perks depending mm-hmm. on which uh, support tier you choose. Exactly. So, so uh, yeah, go to gutsy.ch slash support to learn more about that. Also, you guys, um, our cookbook is out, our how to heal book. So you can uh, go online. What is the website to order the book? Um, so the how to heal book, mm-hmm. uh, that is gutsy.ch slash how to heal. Oh, great. So yeah. you guys can order that. It, there's 90 plus recipes in there, plus a whole one month like meal prep protocol and menu plan and uh, six chapters on illness and um, how to heal your body. Basically, that mm-hmm. was written mostly by Cecilia and Tristan. And, and, and you <laughs> and guys, myself. the book is gorgeous. It's, it's gorgeous. We were so nervous about how it was going to come out. It came out so beautiful. It really we're happy did. With it. And it's got like a golden coil binding. <laughs> and like, I, knew I, you'd spent, mention that. <laughs> I spent like weeks trying to find a book publisher. We, we who, found the only publisher in America, apparently, <laughs> that uses gold coil binding. <laughs> and then 
I'm, I'm really proud about that fact. So it's really easy to open your book and utilize your recipes. And it's, it really is beautiful, you guys. So if you are interested in buying that, you can buy that. And, um, and you mentioned uh, reviews, right? Yep. Leave a <laughs> yes, review. Please leave a review. Thank Sorry, you. I, you. Most of you don't know this, but I had to step away for two minutes because Satori needed the bathroom. So this is, this is, this is like the background noise of what goes on in, when we do these podcasts, you guys, we're, we're very real. We're professionals. We're, we're not, <laughs> we're not professionals at all. all right. Cecilia is a professional. We're just trying to figure this out as we go. So, uh, Cecilia, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Yeah, we'll do we'll this do again. again. We'll do yep. like another follow-up with all the nitty-gritty details about essential oils. Thank you, all thank right. you, and thanks, thanks for listening, you guys. Bye. Bye.